This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet. We have another short episode for you this week without a card to recap, so we will preview UFC Fight Night, Dern vs. Jan, and hit you with our segments, Isn't He Awesome, and Real World Callouts. Here we go. Here we go. We are back. We got a nice little preview this week after the week off, which was, I guess you could say it's nice. I don't know. It doesn't really feel like we're football season's back, so like it's harder to tell the weeks off than the weeks on. But yeah, right. It's all a blur now. So, um, but yeah, we're back. We got a strange little event coming up. Um, I guess that's the one way to put it. So uh, we'll get into that quickly. Um, like you said, probably be a short episode. So. Let's not waste too much time. Let's jump right into it and start things off as we always do with our take of the week. So, Ryan, as always, take us away. Uh, all right. So, uh, thinking the uh, we saw Bo Nickel with this uh, another contender series win against obvious bomb, but um, I <laughs> think the uh, the UFC should just give the man what he wants and uh, throw Bo Nickel into the into the deep end, give him a fight with uh, Kamzat Chimaev. I think that could. Uh, that could be an interesting fight. It could either kill off Chimaev. I mean, that that would be a tough fight for for Kamzat, somebody who could uh, nullify his wrestling, basically, or maybe out-wrestle him, plus uh, the gas tank issue we have with uh, Kamzat there. Like, if Kamzat can't knock him out, then he might be in a lot of trouble there. Yeah, it's interesting. My take is related, too, so I'll just tie them together. Um, I just think, uh, I was say, Dana's we- weird, like, Bo Nickel promotion thing is kind of weird. Like, how he held him on the Contender Series for an extra. Yeah. Like, and then he brought out of the video game to show that he's in the video game. I mean, we talked like, talk about this guy a long time ago. Remember, it was, like, one of our first episodes. Uh, talked about, like, like a guy to watch for because he, I mean, he's such a high-profile wrestler. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, like, this is one of those weird scenarios where clearly Dana and the UFC thinks he's going to be a top caliber guy. So, um, yeah, why not throw him in the deep end? You can't. Uh, they, they've thrown they've thrown guys, new guys, in the deep end before. So why not throw him in there? Right, and uh, it's like it, it was really weird with the like kind of the promotion, it the was Dana really White contender weird. series thing. It's like it was so clear they had a deal before his first contender series fight. Like, hey, we're not gonna give you like a developmental contract like we usually would to somebody with so few fights because we think you're ready because of the wrestling and he's been training at ATT and stuff. So it's like they ha- obviously had a deal to where you're like, you're going to do two contender series fights this season and then get a legit contract. But, um, but it was like, Oh, we're going to bring him back. And it's like, just, I don't know. It's like, just be transparent with it. Like everybody knows what you're doing here. It's not like, uh, like you're yeah. like you're not actually signing him after that first one. Like he's got to he's got to give it one more one more go at it to prove it he's UFC ready. It's like come on now. Yeah, we just haven't seen enough of this guy, so we're gonna bring him back and make a fight one more time. Right, but in the meantime, he could sign with Bellator or something because he's not signed the promotion or something. Like you know, like obviously they got to deal with him already. Yeah, it was it was it was very strange, and it's like I don't. He just didn't uh, like. I, it was just a weird. It was like a almost like a. Uh, it was like they didn't put enough into it, but then at the end, it was like they put too much into it. Right. Yeah, it, it was a strange, strange <laughs> promotion there. 
So it was really weird. And then they made him look like a god because they had him fight two incredible bombs because they're not risking this one. Oh, the first guy was just terrible. It's like, oh, he's known for striking. And then it shows his, like a highlight reel of the guy, and his striking was absolutely awful. They're like, <laughs> can he hang with like a, with a striker? And like, this dude is not a striker nor, striker nor a wrestler. He's, he's just a certified bum. Because <laughs> they, they had to get the first win out of the way for sure. Yeah. So interesting. Uh, what are your thoughts, though, like on him as a, as a whole? Like, do you th- are you sold? Like, I, I, you're the guy who you never trust wrestlers, and you never think that uh, any of these like high you these high profile wrestlers we've seen them before shit their pants as soon as they get you know take a straight right right down the middle. Yeah, I, I think I am sold. I think um, I think he's going to be legit. I maybe title, maybe not. Um, but I think he's going to definitely going to be competing for it or close to competing for it at some point. Um. I don't know. He seems a little small for 185, but I, I think a main thing that the wrestlers that they hate I have for wrestlers and whatnot, and a reason why they don't succeed more often than not is because they don't actually want to fight MMA. It's like there's no career path for a wrestler after they're done wrestling. So it's like, um, I guess like I'll either get an office job or try and fight MMA or something, you know. So like, yeah. but it seems like Bo Nickel, like I. I believe he, he forego a year of the Olympics or, or like the upcoming Olympics to train MMA. He's like, I'm done with it or whatever. So it's like he clearly wants to fight MMA. He's all about it. So I think he's got a, a better chance than, than most of these guys. It's just like, uh, well, might as well. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Like, I, I want to keep competing, but obviously I, I'm not going to – you can't wrestle, do amateur wrestling forever because there's literally no money in it. Yeah, right. So you have to do something. Um, so I think that's a good point. I think that's fair to say. Um, he's already matched up for a fight with Jamie Pickett. A poor Jamie Pickett, man. They use this guy as a <laughs> whoever they can. They use him as a showcase to, to be on the other side of every showcase fight. So um, right, they they set him up. That's like a booked fight. Yeah, it's booked. Uh, as of a couple hours ago, they booked Jamie Pickett. Wow, that's kind of an interesting one. And again, though, doesn't that make you think? Oh, like this was all kind of in the. It's kind of all been in the works for a little while. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They have a fight immediately for him. Like, definitely uh, kind of a setup for sure. And, uh, yeah, Jamie Pickett's probably uh, a solid, like, first matchup for him. I think uh, – I don't think his wrestling, like, his takedown defense is very good or anything. He's got three losses by submission, so. Yeah, I don't think Jamie Pickett's very good, to be quite – to put it quite honest. I think he looked – if I remember right, and I'm looking at his record right now, I think he looked better in his last fight. No, yeah. two fights ago. Let's see. Oh, he had a little two-fight winning streak. He's been busy. He's been active. He beat Staropoli, and then they cut Staropoli, and then he beat Joseph Holmes, the guy with the weird mustache, ugly man Joseph Holmes. And then he lost to Kyle Dawkins, and uh, he lost another one in September. Um, so, yeah, he's... They picked a good one for him. I mean, Jordan Wright kicked Jamie Pickett's ass in like 30 seconds. So, Right. So that makes me think uh, Bo Nickel, uh, borderline Olympic wrestler, should be, uh, should be able to take care of business and make himself look good. Oh, yeah. Here's the stat. 65% takedown defense, and he hasn't really fought any, any wrestlers. Like maybe Kyle Dawkins being the best uh, grappler's face. So, yeah, yeah he should get, should get worked probably on the ground here. Yeah, they set him up for this one. So um, obviously, though, it's nice to see things come to fruition. We do hear about a lot of possible, like uh, a lot of possible contenders, uh, prospects, I guess you'd call them, come becoming contenders that just never 
if they never make it through or they never show up or they never or they end up not being very good so it would be nice to see one here come through come to fruition and see like just a high level athlete like just kind of make it and look good and not have like the stumbles and pitfalls that a lot of them do um it would just be nice to you know see somebody live up to the hype right exactly so we can move on though um i guess we may as well okay we'll do our preview first and then we'll do our uh our our simple we'll finish things off with our segments so we have a um interesting card here this week we got a mackenzie Dern jan zohan main event the uh, great zohan yeah <laughs> yeah uh, at one point she was kind of a highly i mean she's up there with the with the top female fighters um i don't see her on best fight odds or oh wait a second that's because i'm looking at the wrong thing never mind me i was about to blame best fight odds Okay, Mackenzie Dern, two minus two thirty. Jan Zohan, 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 plus one ninety five. Um, I'm past the point of fading Mackenzie Dern. I used to try to do it all the time, but she looks like she like takes her fight career serious now. Um, she's looked a lot better in her last few fights. Did she? Who was her last fight? Tisha Torres. Yeah, Tisha Torres, split decision win. Okay, so she's pretty much. She lost to M- Marina Rodriguez, though, right? Yeah, her only her only losses are to like legit strikers and Amanda Hibas, who at the time was better than she is now. She seems like she's kind of taking a down downfall. Yeah, but that uh, was a big one too because Mackenzie Dern was a big favorite in that fairly big favorite in that fight minus two forty five. Yeah, but, that was what my Amanda Hibas was on the come up, and then yeah, Marina Rodriguez she lost a uh, decision unanimous too. Yeah, and at that that not the Marina Rodriguez one so much, but the uh, Amanda Hebus one was like when Mackenzie Dern was like I don't know if she missed weight for that fight, but she was missing a lot of weights and there was like rumors that she was like getting kicked out of camps and stuff or getting kicked out of gyms for like just not trying. Yeah. So I, she's definitely turned that all around. So um for me personally, I think this is probably a, a spot like for her to showcase her skills. I don't know what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm going Mackenzie Dern on this one, but it, it's women's MMA, so you never know. You could see an upset here with Jan, um, but I don't know. I just think Mackenzie Dern, she's just so quick with the grappling Chinese fighters. Um, she is fight, train, this Jan, she's fight, uh, training at Alpha Male, but typically they're a little behind on the grappling and the jiu-jitsu, it seems like, so... Um, Mackenzie Durrance just levels above everybody pretty much at the jiu-jitsu. So uh, I think at some point she snatches it up, submits her. We have seen Mackenzie Durrance. She's durable, at, at to say the least. She like is. She can go against any strike. She does not get knocked out. So I don't think you got to worry about her getting flatlined here versus Jan. Um, with that being said, she like her strike is not the best. It has been improving, but she just throws bombs to get inside like and when you're just winging hail um you know hail mary's like at at the your opponent uh you can get inside you can get to grappling position her wrestling's not the best but uh she you know she finds that she gets it to the ground still despite not having the best wrestling so yeah i think she gets the win here let me say this about mackenzie Dern. somehow in every single fight whether she finishes it or not most of the time she does she gets herself in a position where she's very close or finishes a submission every single fight yep yeah and i i think no matter how bad she's getting beat up she gets close exactly and i think she's not gonna have like if she gets close i think she gets it basically in this fight so yeah i think that's a i think that's a uh, a good point and a very likely scenario all right rude randy brown versus Fr- francisco trinaldo this is a crazy fight uh we got randy brown minus 320 trinaldo plus 265 uh, Randy Brown's been looking pretty good. He has a guy who stumbled a little bit early in his career, um, and then 
kind of looks like he's putting it together now. With Randy Brown, though, you got to watch out for is his chin has not always held up. He likes to fight with his hands down. He likes to stick his chin out. Trinaldo's a guy that will just look like a snail for three, two and a half rounds and then just, you know, land one huge bomb. Um, Trinaldo's, what, 55 years old? Uh, yeah. Somehow still fighting. Um, but anyways, uh, you can't – he's a guy that makes every fight close one way or another. So plus 265 might seem crazy. But, man, Randy Brown's so much longer and faster and bigger it should be a Randy Brown show, but uh, I don't like. You get kind of nervous when you start thinking Randy Brown at three twenty. What are your uh, what's your thoughts on how this one goes down? Yeah, like you said, it's so much longer, bigger, striking, more crisp than Randy Brown. But like Dwight Grant, like striking, there's guys aren't as good and whatnot. But Danny Roberts and Dwight Grant, they were you know had a lot of reach on them and whatnot, and they still both of them lost. So they're both decisions. But what are you gonna do there? So yeah, I mean, I got Randy Brown. It scares me a lot on this pick but um i think that's why you've seen minus 285 and it should be probably quite a bit higher i mean trinaldo he's kind of a shorter stockier guy he's up at 170 he used to fight 155 most of his career um like you said randy brown he's been looking really good i think he's starting to put it together his striking using distance um you know using his length and whatnot and against a guy like Trinaldo that's what he's gonna have to do he's gonna have to stay to the outside use his footwork um make sure Trinaldo doesn't get inside but like you see with Randy Brown it's just like you said and like in the third round halfway through it I'm gonna be just worried as hell if he gets there because I'm I'd I'd imagine Randy Brown's gonna win the first two but as soon as he loses a step which he tends to do Trinaldo could get inside and, and put his lights out at any time so um it worries me a little bit he gets kind of bad rep that he's chinny I think Randy Brown but he got knocked out by Nico Price and Vicente Luque who are are pretty hard hitters there so that's true i mean and he just won a split decision against uh chaos williams who who could punch about as hard as anyone so um yeah we're gonna go randy brown here but um you know it'd be uh i wouldn't even be that mad if chinaldo gets uh, another win at 70 years old so <laughs> i just remembered we were at that randy brown chaos williams fight yeah i think we got there like when I that think, fight was going on or something uh, i think we saw the whole thing because i remember being the third round and being like, holy cow, Randy Brown is looking kind of scary right now. Like he's gonna get knocked oh, out. yeah, right? He, he did start cl- slowing down a little bit. He so. got clipped a couple times, yeah. I mean, Chaos Williams is kind of a good comparable to Trinaldo, just like a guy that just stands still and then just wings a bomb every now and again. Um, I think Chaos Williams might be a little more dynamic, but Trinaldo's maybe a little more polished. I don't know how exactly how I'd break it down, but uh, all I could say is, you know, Trinaldo – He's proved the doubters wrong so many times that he does deserve a, a, a shred of, you know, this is a possibility. Yeah, and KS Williams is bigger too, so yeah. like Chanel's going to have to get like significantly closer. He's going to have to get in, you know, in a phone booth with him to win to get the knockout here. I think. Yeah, and something he has found a way to do before, so it's you know you can't rule it out again though. My thoughts, and don't don't you know don't think don't follow me because I'm having the worst betting season of my life is just Randy Brown should be able to just he's so much longer his reach advantage is like insane yeah great so we'll see what happens there but we'll uh we'll move on to Alir Latifi and Alexi Olenek I thought Alexi Olenek retired oh wait I missed one here let's uh, let's do Roni Barcellos versus Trevin Jones first um Roni Barcellos minus 230 Trevin Jones plus 195 um I don't really have a line on this fight. Uh, I think it's mm, Trevin Jones is a guy that I have never been high on. Um, so I don't know. Uh, 
how do you see this one going down? I guess uh, you kind of always had a decent lean on Bar- Barcelos. So. Yeah, it has been great the last few times, though. But, um, I mean, I still think he's the fighter that, you know, that we've seen. We, all, we can all see, like, he's got the skills. He just um, ran into uh, a buzzsaw on Victor Henry in that in that last fight. And then against Tamir Valiev, that was uh, an insane fight where it's just, I guess, Rayoni Barcelos, the main problem is he doesn't, let the hands go enough especially in that in that Tamir Valiev fight it was just like just a little too tentative like he had the hand speed like he could definitely land volume he just wasn't I think Valiev um landed a few big shots that made him a little hesitant but um yeah other than that I mean I think Trevin Jones is definitely a step down from uh Victor Henry and and uh Tamir Valiev so uh Randy Barcelos, I think he's just better in, in all aspects here. You know, I think his hand speed, he's going to be able to uh, box him up and, and take him out. He could submit him. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that uh, Barcelos, I think it's a pretty good line on him just because of his losing his last two. Um, so I think he probably should be favored by, by quite a bit more here against, uh, against Trevin. So you think this is good value here? Yeah, I think, I think it's decent. Um, but... You never know, Ryoni Barcelos. I could be thinking it's good value, and I could be screaming at him like throw some punches when he <laughs> when the yeah, fight starts. Oh my so god! You never some know. of those guys are. That's when they get on the do not bet list. He's he's got one last chance to get himself off the do not bet list. But yeah, like you said, you think this is a good bat matchup for him here? And I've never been high on Trevin Jones just uh, just because of what I've seen. So, but speaking of his last fight, Victor Henry, when are we going to see him again? He looked absolutely unbelievable, yeah. and we haven't. I don't think we've seen him fight since. Yeah, I don't remember seeing him since. I know I would have uh, remembered him if we if he had. So, yeah, he looked good. I think you were on, were you on Victor Henry? You were on Victor Henry for that one, weren't you? Or were you the no, way? I was on Barcelos. Oh, I couldn't remember exactly. I just remembered. Uh, I wish I'd be like, look like a genius. <laughs> yeah, you could have just taken credit for it there. Who would have remembered? <laughs> right. All right. Well, let's move on now to Alir Latifi and Alexi Olenek. I, I started to say this before I realized we skipped. Uh, Skipped over the last fight. I thought Alexi Olnick retired like three times now. They just, this is just the guy that won't stop fighting. Yeah, they've had this fight. I think this is the third time this fight's been booked. So we'll see if it actually if it actually happens this time. I was going to say, not only has this fight been booked over and over, but I feel like this fight has happened before. Like, this just looks like two guys that you just always see on cards. Right. It's like, these guys had to have fought for, like, their way they, like, have circled the divisions and... The way, like, I don't know. They just seem like this This seems like a matchup that's been made, that's happened many times before. So, but anyways, Alexi Olenek plus 150, Alir Latifi minus 175. Does Olenek get it done? It's going to be hard to choke a guy out who has no neck, so. Yeah, right. It's going to be tough when your main move is to choke people, uh, you know, neck choke people, and uh, Alir Latifi has no neck. So, how does this one go down? I don't know. I've been, I don't have a pick here on this one. It's the only one that I don't have one written down on because I, I just don't know how. I think I'm just going to go Aleski, Aleski Olenek, just the For underdog fun. here, because I think this is like literally like 50-50. It's like Lear Latifi. Well, Aleski Olenek, he's like 100 years old, and but Lear Latifi doesn't do anything. So like Olenek, typically, he's got to get the submission to win, right? But uh, Lear Latifi, he's probably not going to get submitted here. Um, he hasn't been submitted before. Um, I mean, it could happen, but he does, Olenek, he does do that like head and arm choke, right? Yeah. Like so, I mean, I guess maybe the, the neck you, you don't need it as much, and with that choke there, so he he could get it. But literally, TV doesn't get taken down very easily. I don't think Olenek's gonna get the takedown. But it's like, how does Latifi fight? Like he just like grinds people up against the cage. Like the way he fights puts himself in some bad positions for trips and whatnot from Olenek. So 
Um, I don't know. He just doesn't throw any volume or anything either. It's like, what's this guy going to do to get a win? It's. I think this is going to be a terrible fight. And, I was just about uh, to say, dude. I'm just going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with Olenek as the underdog. One thing I will say, and this is, Alexi Olenek is really fun to bet on because when he does pull it out, it it just feels so good to pick a guy that should not have been fighting in the first place. Right. And then he just finds a way. I mean, I I was on the wrong side of it last time against Jared Vandera, where I thought. Yeah, Jared Vander is a middling guy. He's not great. He's not a good fighter. He's won a couple fight, a couple fights in the UFC. But he should just be able to t- tag him up, stay away from him, and then he jumps into his guard and gets submitted by him. It's just, Alexi Olnick finds a way. He's a, he does find a way. But I do think these are two of the slowest guys in the UFC, and they got going to put them in a cage together for 15 minutes. It may look like guys. It may look like these guys are fighting underwater, and I don't know. Uh, like you said, like, what, what do you think is going to happen? I don't know. Like, Alexi Olnick's not afraid to throw bombs, so he may do that. He's also not – it's not great when he gets tagged, though, so I don't know. Alir Latifi's a guy that used to have some serious power uh, when he was on the juice, still is on the juice. Who knows? Who knows? Um, tough one to pick. All I'm saying is it's fun to be on bet Alexi Olnick when he pulls him out, so I, w- I don't think that's a bad pick at all. All right, so what do we got next? We got – Jessica Panay versus Tabitha Ricci. Yeah, we got Jessica Panay versus the baby shark, Tabitha Ricci, who is a minus 210 favorite, Tabitha yeah. Ricci. That seems surprising, but I guess Jessica Panay has kind of slipped from her. She, at one time, I think she even fought for a title. Um, plus 180, Jessica Panay, Tabitha Ricci, minus 210. Uh, Tabitha Ricci, since her first fight, has actually been pretty impressive in the UFC. I think her first fight was short notice. She fought up a weight division, looked tiny. Yeah, she was uh, right. against that man in Fiero, who's huge. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even think that was a bad fight for her. She, uh, she ended up getting TKO'd, but she looked good early. Like, she's quick. She's got good hand speed. Um, she's pretty solid. And, yeah, she looked like, an, like it was like a David versus Goliath type fight. Yeah, and, I mean, for, as long as she goes in there, she looked good uh, until she got put, put out. But, yeah, she was so small compared to her. But she, since then, I mean, she's looked really good in all of her fights. She's well-rounded. Uh, her ground game's really good. And if uh, if Jessica Panay, and I mean, I'm no expert here, but if she does not have good takedown defense, then she, Tabitha Ricci is good at getting the fight to the ground. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I just think Tabitha Ricci, she's on, on her way up, and Jessica Panay is on her way down. And a lot of times in, in these situations, the uh, the up-and-comer wins. It kind of seems like kind of like a setup fight for, for Ricci here. I think I think she has the skills. She's definitely uh, got good hand speed. She's got decent takedowns and um, seems pretty well-rounded as a fighter. So uh, I think she'll, uh, she'll beat an aging Jessica Panay here. All right, so let's get on to our last fight of the preview here. Guido Canetti, who is oh, this? Oh, we got, skip one more. We got uh, oh, Jack. Christo, oh, man. Sorry, <laughs> guys. I've been under the weather. My brain is not working at full capacity here. We got Christoph Jocko, not to be forgotten, versus Brendan Allen Allen. Christoph Jocko, minus 120. Brendan Allen, plus 100. Imagine saying that a year and a half ago when Brendan Allen had all that hype behind him. I I don't think the I think Brandon Allen would have been like a minus three hundred favorite here, but he's quickly fallen. Uh, fr- his hype his hype has quickly fallen off to the point where now he's a plus one hundred underdog against Christoph Jocko. Um, I just you know you just can't I just don't have any faith in Brandon Allen. I think this is a better fight for him than some of the recent ones, but still, man, this is close fight. And, uh, if the Brennan Allen who's dropped a lot of fights shows up, this may be another tough matchup for him. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm He's so hittable. 
Definitely that he just uh, he's not that good. I mean, he's everybody acted like he's like this huge prospect, but um, I don't really see it. He beat his last. He's got two. He's on a two fight win streak. He beat Jacob Malcoon and Sam Alvey. That's not saying anything though. So, um, but you got Jocko. Jocko's looked pretty good. His only recent loss was to Sean Strickland. I mean, he's beat guys like Mirchart, uh, Misha Serkinov, Eric Anders. Um, you know, some decent wins here and, uh, going against a guy in Brendan Allen, who, who just seems like an underachiever. Um, I think Jocko, I think his striking is definitely better. Um, I don't think Brendan Allen, Brendan Allen basically is going to have to just make this a boring grind it out type of fight to win this. And, uh, I don't know. I think Jocko will be able to, uh, kind of hold him off, use the better striking, keep it on the feet and, and get the win here. So we're going to go with, go with Jocko. Like I said, I got no faith in, in Brendan Allen at this point. I don't blame you. I feel like that's very a very safe uh, safe assumption. Um, I could see Brennan Allen winning this fight just because we've Jacko's looked good at times. He's also looked uh, like I, it's not like he's t- high top of the division type guy. And they did have Brennan Allen fighting some top of the division guys when they thought he when they thought that's where he belonged. But I think that Jacko is probably going to be able to outstrike him because Brennan Allen is just so hittable. Um, and I think that will be the kind of deciding factor in the fight. So uh, now we're on to our last fight of the night, Guido Canetti versus Randy Costa. Man, Randy Costa, another guy that people thought was going to be really special, turned out he has uh, half a round of a gas tank, and he kind of sucks. Yeah. He's, I mean, well, he's really good for, for half a round. Yeah, I remember that one one fight. He kicked uh, Adrian Yanez's ass for a whole round, and then it was just like, he was like, round two just turned around. He was just he was gassed. He had nothing left. Um, he is on his brother Paulo Costa's secret juice now. I saw those two met up. Paulo Costa is all over the place. He is butting into the star that we we kind of uh, I always thought he would. Like he's all over like Liver King stuff now. And yeah, uh, Ariel's show. He's out with Dylan Dennis. Anyways, side note that's irrelevant. But he must have gone back to Las Vegas just to meet up with Randy Costa so he could do a skit where they say they're brothers and he gave them the secret juice regardless right. randy costa minus 285 guido canetti plus 240 i think they probably want to get randy costa a win here he's been on a tough streak um i don't remember his fight against i don't remember his fight against tony kelly did he lose that fight too i think he did yeah yep. he lost by did he lose that one by knockout too or yeah in round round two yeah and uh, people wanted him to win that fight bad um he had a good start against adrian yanez he's a his first like four fights, he won by knockout, like in the first minute. But we found out quickly that if it goes past the first minute, he's in big trouble. So I'm guessing they're setting him up for a win here. Hopefully, he's been working on his gas tank for the last year. He's been off a long time. So um, my best guess is that they're trying to get him a win. That said, he's proven himself to be uh, pretty unreliable. Yeah, basically, I'm I'm never betting on on Randy Costa at minus two eighty five. That is insane i don't care who it's against it's like this guy look at this he's got six wins all in round one three losses all in round two if the, <laughs> if the guy does not knock you out in the first round he literally gets knocked out of because of he's exhausted in the second round so i mean the guy has l- literally zero gas tank i mean he has all the skills in the world for two and a half minutes but it's like if you get past that two and a half minutes it's it, it's it, you know it's bad for him really bad so guido canetti if i'm guido canetti i'm just shelling up covering up trying not to take a bomb don't get knocked out 
get out of the first round and you're pretty much guaranteed a win. Um, so, I mean, at, at underdog value here on, on Guido Canetti, um, plus 240, I'm going to say you got to go Guido Canetti or pass here. It's like the guy you got, if you're in his position, it's like, you know what you have to do to win. It's like, just don't get knocked out in the first round and, and he should be absolutely exhausted and he should get the win here. So, um, we'll go underdog here or pass. I mean, if you want to pass on this one, I, I definitely could s- that's definitely a reasonable thing for this fight just because it it is uh randy costa does have skills his striking is on point guido canetti is an old old man at this point very so old. yeah very old. um but he does have power still too so all he's got to do is last that to the second round if he does um it's probably gonna be looking pretty bad for randy costa so we'll go with the underdog here and uh go with guido canetti guido canetti looking to retire got two guys back to back a last fight out he uh he put everyone's golden boy, Chris Matino, out of his misery, and <laughs> yeah. now he's looking to put Randy Costa. And that fight, too, I think they thought, let's get let's get Chris Matino a fight that he can uh, possibly possibly win and save his job, and uh, that wasn't the case. He got lit up quick. Yeah, so, sure did. <laughs> so. That chin from the O'Malley fight just disappeared. <laughs> yeah, Chris Matino, everyone was hoping for the best for him. It just didn't work out that way. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We got... You got a couple fighters to watch here. You got Felipe Lins and you got um, Sadiq Youssef. Let me find out. Sadiq Youssef is matched up against uh, Don Shanaynis, who I don't know. Sadiq Youssef is a minus 1,100 on some cards here. Um, probably, honestly, one of the one of the higher name value guys on this card fighting somebody I've never heard of. But Sadiq Youssef has had some legit fights in the UFC. Yeah, yeah. He's only... In the UFC, he's only lost to, to Arnold Allen. So, and he's beat guys like Alex Caceres, Andre Feely, Gabriel Benitez. Um, so, yeah, he's got some good wins. He's uh, I didn't put him on there just because he should just roll, but um, I guess the picks you set if we're going to we're gonna make a pick <laughs> in this one. And uh, our other fighter to watch, Felipe Linz. I originally had that fight on Fights to Bet, but I literally said I would never bet on Felipe Linz, and I think he's got a chance here. I was th- leaning towards picking him um, against Maxim Grishin, so I just threw that one off altogether and just said it's it's a fight to watch. So now we were talking about never betting on Felipe Linz when he was fat, though he's he's jacked now. Yeah, and he's got a whole different style and look. So yeah, maybe two hundred five uh, Felipe Linz is 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 a fighter to bet never bet him on heavyweight so i think this is, this fight is at light heavyweight so i am uh the official pick was going to be felipe lynn so take that for what you will but uh it's not not official so all right and felipe lynn's just so we can do talk about it because we do every time he did win pfl like season one right yeah i think uh did he win two two se- no just season one yeah he was the the heavyweight champion then he came over as a heavyweight i think because of that and he should have just been a two of five the whole time. So he's won more, one more money in MMA than all these people on this on this card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. So don't sleep on Felipe Lenz. He's got the bag. All right. Anything else on this card you want to stick out that sticks out to you before we get into our segments here? Not much. It's not uh, not the best one. We say that a lot about a lot of these fight nights, but uh, there are some uh, interesting matchups. I mean, Rayoni Barcelos. We'll see how he comes out. Can, can he get the win here? Randy Brown versus Trinaldo. Um, should be a very interesting fight to watch. Same thing with the main event. Um, yeah, and the prelims are surprisingly good. I'd put them up there with the main card in terms of like fighters that like we all have heard of and stuff. So um, it's not the uh, most stacked, but there's there's some interest in this one. So all right, well we'll watch it regardless. So 
we could move on then to our our uh, our segments this week. It's an odd number of weeks, so I'm guessing I go first. Is that correct? That is right. All right. Isn't he awesome for me is Yoel Romero. Not necessarily because he's still winning fights. Um, I think he stumbled in his Bellator debut. He had an ugly fight with uh, Corey Anderson, maybe. I don't remember. But uh, he's won a couple in a row now. Looks like his old self, fighting at 205. Definitely back on the juice. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. His weird barking and biting the cage after he won. Did you see those clips? I did not, no. He's back to his old weird self where you just couldn't give the guy a microphone because you didn't know what he was going to say. He was barking in the microphone, and then he started biting the cage. I don't know if I have a video of it or not, but um, Yoel Romero is another guy. Like We've been talking about old guys a lot today. He may be the oldest of them all if we ever found out his real age. Right. He's... uh... He probably just had to bite the cage because he was told he couldn't kiss anyone. No sexual assault in the cage this time, so I just uh, just started biting the uh, octagon. Kissing the cage and barking. Here he is. Here he is barking. You can't see it, but... Jesus, he's an absolute animal. Yeah, and I mean, he knocked out Melvin Madoff, so the guy, he fought the only, and knocked out the only guy older than him. Right. Which is crazy because Yoel's ranked number seventh and Melvin Mayoff is ranked number ninth. So Bellator has got a weak 205 division right now. Yeah, it does. But um, always love to see Romero, Yoel get him. I thought, you know, we talk about this all the time, but when guys like end up in like the lower, lower, lower organizations, usually they just show up for a paycheck, get their ass kicked and leave. And that's what kind of what happened in his first fight. Like he didn't throw any punches. He got laid on by, I think it was, I think it was Corey Anderson, but either way. He uh, he didn't look good, and then um, I figured that's the end of Yoel. But he's looked he's looked like a killer in his last two fights. So um, always good to see a good Yoel Romero fight is like nothing else. He's one of the most exciting guys winning. He's a good fight when he has a bad fight, like it is your Adesanya fight. It's terrible. So yeah, yeah, he is one of those guys. Either just absolutely electric or just absolutely boring as hell. Yeah, I remember the build up for that uh, Adesanya fight. They're like <laughs> this is going to be insane. Like there's no way this won't be fireworks. Yeah, and then it was absolutely nothing. <laughs> so, good for Yoel Romero. My call out this week. Uh, rumor has it that the Zuck Zuckerberg rented out the Apex, and that's why it's a, this this UFC event is a strange, weird, private event. I just wanted to say Zuckerberg renting out the Apex to watch Mackenzie Dern fight is the horniest thing an MMA fan <laughs> has ever done. Has there ever been a hornier move? And MMA fans are the horniest people on earth. Zuckerberg takes the cake for that one. No, yeah, and it's funny because I give him my isn't he awesome for this move. So <laughs> I think uh, I think if you're horny enough to <laughs> run out the entire apex to jerk off during the Mackenzie Dern fight, then uh, that that deserves an isn't he awesome in my opinion. Uh, it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean maybe I'm just calling him out because it's crazy, and you're calling him out because it's. You know, it's kind of a power move. Yeah, it's definitely a power move. It, I think the weirder thing about this is uh, Dana denies that that the event is But private. everybody keeps saying it. Yeah, he denies that Zuckerberg running out the event or running out the apex for the event. He said, uh, there's no big secret behind this decision. We just decided not to allow the press and, and public to this event. Like, what do you mean there's no big secret behind it? There's obviously some big secret behind it. Like, you've never done this before, and there's not a big secret behind it, apparently. So. For the first time ever? Yeah. So Dana just... Uh, but it is it is really weird, though. Like, why does why Zuckerberg... Zuckerberg must have told him, like, you cannot let anybody know that I'm the person who rented the entire thing out. Like, are they going to, like, not show him or what... They've been giving him press though for being an MMA fan. Like I saw some. Yeah, he was weird on video. Rogan. Yeah, I saw some, and I saw some weird training footage and stuff. Like 
it's a really weird thing for Zuckerberg to get into, but it's kind of it's kind of a good thing. Like it's just getting more and more mainstream. And then I saw like all these robotic uh, uh, comments under like fighters, like great fights, great <laughs> fights, so and so. And it was like, you know, just very Zuckerberg. He's like a, he's like a robot pretending to be a human. So yeah, that's what I was. Th- but then he seemed like a normal dude on Rogan. So I I didn't, I didn't hear it. I didn't know. I didn't. I, I knew he was on there, but I didn't listen to it. I thought yeah. it would be a disaster because he usually does such a bad job when he gets like the cameras on him because he usually just freezes up or like doesn't he's very strange guy so yeah no he was he was comfortable with rogan so it was uh yeah it was nothing like the robot from uh from congress or whatever so (laughs) um yeah he seems somewhat normal so yeah i gave him the uh the isn't he awesome so we can move on to the call but uh, yeah i don't know i guess i'll touch a little bit more on zuckerberg but uh hold on one thing about it do you think that there must be some kind of announcement like maybe facebook is somehow gonna like stream these like with oculus oh definitely it's definitely gonna because be the new oculus is coming out that's he, the, he talked about it the oculus two or three or whatever it is because so. that's the only time dana dana will lie about anything because he gets so mad because he wants to he loves doing like slam dunk uh, announcements yeah, I bet all UFC pay-per-views are going to be, like, live on, on the... Like, you're going to be able to buy them on the Oculus 3 or whatever when it... Because it's coming out. So, I bet it is some type of, like, promotion for that's that. Why he's li- that's why Dana's lying and saying, this isn't true, this isn't true. But it's because he's... Th- he always convinces himself that by by denying something that people believe him. Yeah. And then he gets to do his announcement. Yeah. Well, he doesn't because Hawani breaks the story <laughs> right before he does the announcement. So... Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> he, think, he thinks he saved this one, even though fight- that's why the press isn't allowed there. Yeah, because been- Ariel would leak it right before the big, uh, be- before the big exactly. uh, VR announcement. Well, this has been the worst kept secret. Like that, Zuckerberg's gonna be there. Yeah, right. Why'd you tell the entire roster of fighters he's gonna <laughs> yeah. be there? Like, oh my god, yeah, that's crazy. So, anyways, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I just want to throw it out there that my thought is there's some sort of crazy announcement or something. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right there. So yeah, Zuckerberg with the uh, the rare isn't he awesome and call out in the in the same week. But um, we'll move on to call out Aspen Lad. Um, you're getting the uh, the call out and you got fired from your job. It's a bad week for you. It's been a it's been a lot longer. It's been a lot more than a bad week. It's been a bad three, year three or two. years. Yeah. So, um, but this is what you get when you show up to your job and you don't do your job. You consistently miss weight. It's like there's no other job in the world where you can just show up and and not do what you're supposed to do and and keep your job. So, it, hopefully, this is a uh, a reality check for her and uh, she puts it together because it's been a, a absolute disaster for her recently. And uh, also, Brennan Shaw gets the call out a lot, but uh, even his boy Rogan is calling calling the man dumb now and saying he needs a handler live on, oh, on the JRE. Oh, yeah, I forgot so, about that. That was brutal. Um, about the uh, – he got into some – spat with uh with our boy dana white over conspiracy the uh, over, yeah the conspiracy, conspiracy about the uh cam's adverse nade fight he said it was never going to happen they they blew it all it was all planned and whatnot and uh yeah and even rogan's calling him a, an idiot for that which i kind of i thought for a second maybe you know the same thing but then when you think about it there's like no way that's actually like it just it all seemed too convenient but then when you think about it like they're not going to blow up an entire car like that last minute just like wow. have this whole pre-planned conspiracy so first of all they could put Nate against anybody in the car's going to sell the thing was it's just yeah it was too much on cams and not to mention okay maybe you think it's a conspiracy but it's a whole other thing to go on your like widespread audience and, and just say you know for a fact or like it's definitely a it's definitely a conspiracy or whatever it's just a, it's a very uh, it's tough unfounded 
uh, conspiracy theory to throw out there without being like, yeah, I can't say this is true, but what if? Right. Exactly. So, yeah, I saw that too. That was a brutal, that was a brutal takedown. Yep. What are you going to do? So, yeah, that's all I got this week. And I think that's about it. Wrapping it up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. We got a card this week. Uh, Do we have a card uh, the next week? Probably October 22nd, UFC 81. Holy cow, we are sneaking up on this uh, Makachev versus uh, Oliveira card. Wow. Is it next week? No, we no. It's two weeks. Oh, uh, we got it's uh, three weeks. But we have uh, next week. We have uh, we have Grasso versus. Wait a second. Yeah, we hold on. I'm getting. Yeah, October first is this week. Yep. And then we don't have a fight. Then we have another break. And then we have Alexa Grasso versus Viviana Rujo. That can't be the main event. Yeah, they don't have like any fights out for that card yet. There's only four fights on on Google for it. So, oh, Victor Henry is one of them. Our oh. guy, we were just talking about him. He's he's back. Your senses, uh, a sun sow. Your senses were tingling. And then we got uh yeah October 22nd. So we're coming up on a pretty big October for events. Yeah, it should be sick. And Cater versus Arnold Allen. That should be a good fight. So yeah, we got some we got some good. St- and then Edson Barbosa versus Alia Taporia. So. Damn, that's pretty sick, co- main and co-main for a fight night. So. Jeez, that's awesome. All right, so big month ahead, uh, but we'll wrap things up for now. Um, good luck on your fights. This w- good luck on your picks this weekend. Enjoy the fights, and we'll see you all next week. Peace.